Hello, and welcome to episode four of Gearing Up. I am Greg. Um, if you are just catching up with us, uh, this is the fourth episode in season two. Uh, if this is your first time listening, definitely go back and check out season one uh, and episodes one through three. Normally, I'm joined with my wife, April, uh, but today I have a bit of a special guest I'm, I'm actually really excited about. Uh, I am joined by Blaine from Cobalt Customs. Blaine, uh, say hello. Hello. So, a uh, bit of a backstory, and then we'll, we'll kind of get to Cobalt Customs and what you do and all that stuff. But I uh, actually recorded an episode with Rustic EDC. Hopefully, you guys have already listened to that one. Um, but we were kind of talking about the history of, of the Maker series. And, and I know you went back and listened to some episodes of the podcast. Yeah. But... When I first started the blog, Adam and Hope, Rustic EDC, they were one of the first ones I reached out to to really kind of do this this deep dive or, or really just a look into the companies, the, the the people, the makers that are in the community. And so thought it would be interesting to take this into sort of an audio format, an interview format, and and uh, really just get to know a little bit more about you and what you do and, and all of that stuff. Um, so that's a bit of a backstory on what this is. Um, but the main thing today I wanted to talk about is Cobalt Customs. So for the folks that are listening that have no interest in knives or number one, what are you doing here? Um, but you know, the folks that, that maybe don't know who you are or what you do, can you just give me like a, uh, an overview of Cobalt Customs and you know, who you are, where it started, how, how it, how it got where it is, all that. Um, well, I mean, it started, uh, I'd say back 2014, I, I was, uh, actually a knife modder i'm not real proud of that you know what's that i don't know it's just now that you know i have knives out there i don't like people modding my knives so, <laughs> okay yeah i'm not that's I'm fair not real proud of it but uh you know you got to start somewhere and uh that's that's pretty much what i did and um it just evolved from there it's 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 a passion you got to want to do it and i did and luckily i had a lot of people in my corner that uh helped me along the way yeah, so that's that's one thing I did want to ask about. I I did some deep diving on your Instagram account, and that's that's how I found out about you. There's some makers that we're going to talk to later in the series that I actually went, you know, just online Google, just tried to find some Texas knife makers. And I'm sure once we're done with this, I'm going to pick your brain a little bit more on some that you know that that may be in the area. But um, I found you on Instagram. You have a, a a large following. I would say huge following, just comparatively when you look at some other folks in the community. Um, but I, I went back and I, I did kind of a deep dive in, in your history and I kind of watched the progression and I wanted to, I wanted to ask you about who, who those makers were that, that kind of helped you get started and get moving and who, who kind of taught you the, the tricks of the trade. Well, I mean, one of the very first makers that I ever reached out to was Jeff, tough, tough thumbs, tough knives. He was the first because I had one of his switches and uh, I did something to the backspacer. You know, I wasn't even modding anything and uh, I messed it up uh -huh. and I didn't want to send it into him. And he kind of told me, hey, this is what you need to do. Right. And, uh, you know, it's kind of that's where it all started. And then uh, I've actually fixed it. I was like, wow, man, I fixed it. It looks good. And um, it went from there. And uh, I, I, you know, reached out to other makers in the area. Robert Carter was the next. Mm -hmm. Went and hung out with him for a little bit. He taught me a lot. Robert Robert taught me a lot. And uh, I don't know if you know, you know, who Robert is mm -hmm. or his character or, or how he is. But, you know, he's a little rough around the edges, but <laughs> to say the least. But, yeah, he, he taught me a lot. Yeah. Uh, Tim Curry taught me a lot. 
Yeah, he's, um, he's got some amazing work out there. Yeah, he was another one. And then, of course, now, you know, I hang out more with uh, Colin from Rad Knives. Right, okay, yeah. Colin, yeah, yeah. His uh, his page lately, he's been posting some crazy stuff. Yeah, so it's, it's awesome he's to see else. what he's working out. Um, cool, so I kind of know the answer to this, or at least I think I do, but I'm hoping you can correct me if I'm wrong. How long, uh, how long ago did you make your very first actual knife, you know, start to finish? Folder or fixed blade? You started with fixed blades. Started with so fixed blades. So let's go there. What? When was your? When was your first fixed Man, blade? Man, I'm gonna say back in uh, 2015. Okay. After I got my grinder. It, that's amazing to me that in in three to four years you've gone from tinkering and and not tinkering but yeah but no, just tinkering. a basic fixed blade yeah. to some of the stuff that you've put out more recently. So it's it's crazy to see. And, and we were talking a little bit before we started recording you. You don't do any. Uh, you, everything you do is by hand. All your right. parts and stuff are made. No, by I, I have water jetted before, but you know, I, I can't do CAD work. Okay. So, uh, some of the first, uh, the shepherds, some of those, and some of the first pups were water jetted. Okay. I actually got Eric Luther to uh, write the file for me. Nice, nice, very cool. So first, uh, first fixed blade. You said about t- 2015. What about your first uh, folder? Um, it'd have to be right around 15, 16, something like that. Crazy. Uh, Again, it just blows my mind when you, you think about, uh, going from collecting, being in the hobby, um, um, tinkering, getting an actual, um, fixed blade made. And I went and looked back at some of the ones that you made with some really cool scales. And again, they were just uh, awesome looking fixed blades. And then you kind of progress into, into folders and, for that to only take, you know, a year, yeah. year and a half. I mean, that's some, that's some talent. That's some well, dedication. Yeah, I think it's, it's a combination of dedication the right and, you know, it's like I said, I had good people in my corner. Yeah. I had yeah. a lot of people to help. Absolutely. Cool. So what I, you said you, you had a knife, um, and there was a little bit of an issue and you were able to fix it and you're like, it's kind of cool. But like, what got you, what got you into, I guess more broadly the hobby and then even more so what got you into the actual making of knives um well i mean i've always used a knife i've always pretty much you know done manual labor my entire life okay and i've had to have a knife you know out in the field cut things and, and do things you know even as a little kid i remember you know my dad giving us christmas money you know it was he's a single father you know here's here's a hundred bucks let's go to the flea market right me and my brother would go buy uh nunchucks and uh chinese stars <laughs> There's always nunchucks at flea markets <laughs> uh rambo knives with the compass on it and the matches and yep. everything yeah we had all boot knives we had all that stuff growing up i lived That's behind awesome. a bayou so i mean i've always had a fascination with knives okay up. you said live by so you're you're originally from the area no pasadena Pasadena. Okay. Okay. So very cool. Um, this is a question I, I I don't know this answer. This is more, more for me, but I guess the people listening too, but is knife making your only thing right now? Do you have a day job that you go? No, I'm a, I'm a full-time maker, full-time knife maker that to me. And again, this is just to, to anybody listening that likes to tinker in a garage or mess around in a shop or, or, you know, to the folks just getting into the hobby, it's crazy in a, in a, if you looked back five years ago, would you have seen yourself no way not working a day job or, 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 you know, whatever you were doing and coming into just knife making? No, there's no way I would have ever. And that's another thing too, about, uh, you know, being a knife maker, every knife maker you see out there, either they're financially stable themselves mm-hmm. before they were a knife maker, or they have one of the best damn women or women on their side to, for them to do it because right. there's no way I would have ever been able to do this without my wife. Right. That's awesome to hear. 
Cool, cool. So we talked a little bit about Cobalt Customs and how you went from modding to to fixed blades to folders. Um, what I don't know how to how to ask this question 100%. So I kind of just jotted down some random notes because I, I kind of had this this thought in my head. What from from modding slash making basic fixed blades to what you what you make now? You know, you showed me a knife that that's you know kind of in the middle stages. What were some of the bigger leaps that you saw in learning? What what was it you learned how to do that was just like oh this took it to the next level? Does that um, question make sense? I, I yeah, hope it yeah, does. yeah, yeah. It makes sense. Um, probably, probably grinding. Okay. Yeah, grinding was probably one of the hardest things for me. Just just to get everything symmetrical, to get everything straight, plunges. You know that stuff yeah. didn't it didn't come easy to me. Went through a lot of uh, messed up a lot, material. Of, a lot yeah. of steel. Yeah. <laughs> so before we started recording, you you brought a few knives. Um, but I have to ask, you know, whether it's here or once you left at home, what's your collection like? What, what do you, what do you keep? You know, I know you said before we started recording, it's a lot, you know, you, they're tools, they're users. So I'm guessing there's not, you know, the term safe queen gets thrown around a lot in the the community with these full dress knives. Right. I'm guessing there's probably none or not a lot of those in your collection. I have none. What do you, what do you, what do you keep in the collection that, that sees a lot of pocket time? A lot of pocket. Well, my shop knife is actually a, uh, Robert Carter cricket. Right on. Yeah. With, uh, with his Rob Mascus on it. That's so cool. That's, that's my shop knife. <laughs> I don't think Robert knows that, but yeah, it's in the shop. All right. The time. Right on. And then, uh, what I carry a lot, I don't even think I brought it was, um, a JRP, um, Jared knife and tool. So I, I, I can't remember everybody's name. Right. Um, one of his knives is pretty cool that I carry quite a bit. And then, um, I just made a, uh, new model that I'm, that I carried for a while. And it's at, I left it at the house too, but that new model, I've been carrying that a lot just to really test it out and, and see what it's like. Yeah, that's, that's cool. It's, it's crazy to see what, you know, I've, I've met up with other collectors and seen, what they have and my collection is not um, I would say I'm still fairly wet behind the ears when it comes to collecting and customs and all of that stuff um, but my collection's not it's not anything crazy uh, but I, I try to like keep it fresh and I do buy and sell a lot and, and so and I've seen some of your stuff come up and on the secondary and it's it's always you know gone super quick yeah um, so it's it's crazy that's to a see good that. thing yeah oh no it's yeah. fantastic yeah absolutely um so what when it comes to materials um i know you said you do everything by hand you don't do any like water jetting or anything anymore what is you you would say your favorite material to work with titanium okay (laughs) that's pretty much it i mean i like titanium i like micarta um i mean i don't mind working with any material Mm -hmm. except for uh no i take that back except for um the um those uh, mammoth tooth. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh, that stuff is horrible. <laughs> I'm working on one now with the uh, with the radius bolsters on it, and it's it chipped. And you know, I went through the whole piece, and I oh. actually have another piece coming in. Hopefully, it works. If it doesn't, I'm not going to do it. Oh, that's rough. What do you um, What do you think? Uh, so material wise, um, we talked about this a second ago, a little bit before we started. We were talking about kind of trends you're seeing. What are some what are some trends you're seeing in the in the industry in the community that that um, you're you're fond of you like what do you what do you like to see going on? 
Um, geez, what I like to see going on is, uh, I mean, you know, I like to see my knives out there. Right. You know, other than that, I, you know, tell you the truth, I don't pay attention to a lot. Mm -hmm. I don't respond a lot. I don't like a lot. You know, I look at things, but you know, there's not a lot of times that I'll really respond. Okay. And I've kind of been called out on that before. <laughs> a guy did a, a review on one of my knives on my uh, my Woodrow model. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he had said in the YouTube review, review that, you know, he's not a real vocal maker. You know, he doesn't say a lot. And it's kind of, you know, me doing this podcast even is kind of weird. I'm not that kind of I know. Of I was I was very, very excited that you you listened and that you... Uh, you said, yeah, I'll come out and talk. And, and, and it's crazy that, that to me, and I, and I don't know, I know you said you've talked to Colin a lot and, and I don't know him. Uh, I know, but he's kind of the same thing. Yeah. I, I put you guys a lot of the time in that same category of just really crazy, awesome work. And there's not a lot of interaction. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't think that that's offensive i i just i mean i think it's just kind of who you guys are and yeah I, it doesn't i think, I think so too. doesn't bother me and i don't take it personally i just i just like the knives you know yeah i, I think they look cool so um very nice good good uh so what do you see in the knife community that you don't like so much i'm gonna put uh, you on the spot all the bitching all the complaining <laughs> i mean you what know. is what is the complaint you get the most for for me myself or just in general, what do you see people? Uh, what do you see people upset about? Oh, just you know uh, what other people are doing and how they're doing it, and what they're putting on on their Instagram page and what they're saying, how they're doing it. It's just everybody's uh, got something to say, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, if people would, you look, man, you it's your Instagram page. Conduct it however you want. If you don't like it, leave. Yeah, you, you know? can unfollow people. Right. It's very easy. People people come from all different walks of life, and they do things different. They've grown mm -hmm. up different ways. Yep. They're going to do things different than you. Yeah. You can't always bitch about it. Absolutely. And, and you know, I, I've i been using this feature a lot. Somebody I like, but maybe they're getting annoying. You can mute stories and posts now. Right. So it's awesome. I, I don't have to unfollow you. Maybe I, you know, I don't want to unfollow you, but I can at least get you off my feed. Right. Uh, but no, I think if it gets to that point, you just get rid of them. Um so you you talked a little bit about a collaboration before we started and one of the things that i try to dig into with the maker series because i find that this is a pretty common thing it's it's collaborations in the community are all over the place makers love to work yeah. together i know you said you you learned a lot from some of the more prominent makers in the uh in the community and and just seeing you know folks work number one i think it's awesome i think it's awesome to see people that are willing to work together and help one another. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's, I feel like there aren't a lot of communities or industries, um, that do that, that, that really build everybody up instead of kind of chasing, chasing the money themselves. So what are some of, you know, your, your favorite collaborations or what are you most proud of collaboration wise? Um, well, for me, I've only had two. So okay. I've had, you know, one with Colin and then one with Tim. Okay. So talk about those. I'm not going to pick. I'm not going to pick. No, no, no. D definitely don't pick a favorite. That's fine. But like, walk me through. Like, what was what were some of the challenges you guys ran into collaborating, um, and and what were some of your favorite things about working with those other makers? Um, with Tim, it was pretty easy. You know, he just you know I sent it off to him, and you know I came up with the concept of the knife and and the materials, and then sent it to him, and he finished it. Nice. And it's pretty much you know my idea, his finished work. Like it. With uh, with Colin, we actually used um, some of his material 
and um, and you know my, the blade material I had, but um, we pretty much finished that one together. I like that. That's you know? cool. Yeah, he did a lot of the work, but I mean, <laughs> we pretty much finished it together. Yeah, that's cool. I, I like hearing about that. Um, if you had to pick a favorite knife that you've made, what was the one that you were like, "This is it. I'm, I'm, I'm the most proud of this one." Yep, I got it. What is it? There's one, and and you know, it actually just got sold from the original owner, and it's a it's a pup uh-huh. with uh, Mokutai uh, frames mm-hmm. and black tie uh, or just black and tie um, collars. I love that knife. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why. I don't. I mean, when after I finished that knife, I knew, you know, there was something special yeah. about it. You ever think about making one for yourself? I mean, I have. Yeah. But what am I going to do with it? <laughs> I can, I can make, I can do it anytime. You could, yeah, you know? yeah. It's, it's a, it's a different perspective when you're a maker. It's kind of like the guy that wants the lake in the backyard so you can go fish in it. Yep. And then he gets it and he doesn't fish. Yeah. It's the same thing with making knives. I like that. That's a great analogy. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, so you've mentioned a few different models, the pup, um, and a few others. How many? Uh, different models do you currently make versus you know I know you've had several different models that maybe maybe there's some you don't make anymore but yeah how many do you currently try to focus on and 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 overall what what models exist there's about four that I'm focusing on now it's, okay it's the pup I mean that one's just I, I I credit the pup to putting me on the map that was that was the one Beautiful. that everybody wanted yeah and um there's that one no I, I take that back there's more there's uh that one the Woodrow and um the Jackson. See, yeah, I've seen a few Jacksons. The Jacksons are pretty nice. Yeah. It's it's almost like a larger pup mm-hmm. is is what it is. And then uh, my new model that uh, just came out called the Sug. I don't know if you know this or not, but everything that I do is named after dogs. That was so I had it in my notes. Yeah. I was gonna I was gonna ask what the uh, what the correlation is there because you know I started out one of the first fixed blades ever made was called the Hinto. Okay, and it was a Japanese inspired knife. You know. Um, I thought it was cool. It was the handle was kind of weird, and I had a few people question me on that. But I thought it fit. I do everything that works for me. Right. You know, it's not going to work for everybody else. But, sure. Um. Yeah, it's the 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 hinto was so hard to come up with because I wanted an original name, yeah. and you don't want to copy anybody. Right. Right. And now that I name everything after dogs, I mean, Cobalt Customs, Cobalt is my Great Dane. Right you know, so I mean, everything. Woodrow was a boxer that I owned for a little bit. That was my mother-in-law's mm-hmm. dog. He died. The Sug that, that I just made—that's made after Gus, my mother-in-law's <laughs> dog that just died. Um, you know, all of them. Jackson is my lab. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all this new one I can't come up with a name for. Yeah, I was going to call it the K nine, just K and the number nine. Yeah, but then I was listening to another podcast, and I guess Tom Crine has a K nine line. Yes, that sounds yeah. that sounds right. I'm yeah. not. I haven't. I'm not super familiar with his work, but I've, I've seen a few. I've seen a lot of his regrinds. Um, yeah. And yeah, that that sounds right. That's cool. I I like that though. It, it's cool that there is some kind of meaning attached. I see a lot of makers throw out random names, and and I mean it is what it is. I'm not. I don't. Again, names aren't offensive. I, you know. It's, yeah. It's. it's is it a cool knife? Does it work? I don't care what it's called. For me, it's the worst part uh, of knife making. <laughs> That's funny to hear. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, um, I wanted to talk a little bit. I, I mentioned your collection and what it's like now, but I, I wanted to, like I said earlier, I, I, I took a deep dive into um, 
your Instagram, and I went all the way back, you know, as far back as I could go, uh, to like 2014, I think it was. And it was it was cool to see kind of how not only the the knife making evolved, but your collection. You, right. you I saw a lot of um, mid techs and a lot of uh, there was some bruise blades. Is that is that how you say browse browse blades? Yeah. Okay, so I saw some of those. Um, a lot of Chavez for a little while. Yeah. Um, what I mean, do are any of those still around? Do you keep any production knives around? I mean, yeah, I have some around? I have some browses. Okay. Yeah. Um, that I mean that I have a Terzola. Okay. The um the one the mid tech that he made. Uh huh. I have that one. Um, Brian Nadeau's. I have one of his. Mm-hmm. The the one that he just came out with. Right on. And production. That's pretty much it. Okay. Very cool. One thing I I wanted to talk about. I was interested in your perspective on this as someone that doesn't do any water jetting and kind of makes everything by hand and um. What are your thoughts on this trend? So I we did an episode. I don't know if you listened to it or remember it. If you did, uh, we talked about like some pet peeves, and one of the things that I and I I kind of halfway take it back, but I still kind of feel this way. There is a a big trend right now with a lot of folks in the community that you've got these makers that are cranking out some really badass stuff, and then. Uh, a company like We Knives comes along, right. or a company like Mastrop comes along, and they do like a, a We Knives built production knife from these designers. I, you know, and you can be as as blunt as you want or not. But what are your thoughts on something like that? Does it take away from the maker? Does it add to it? Does it depend? Yeah, it's you know I can only speak for myself. Right. Um, you know I don't. I don't want to speak for other makers and what position they're in or why they thought of doing it. Right. Um, I actually almost did it once and I'll I'll tell you a little story about that because I want everyone to know this. Okay. Um, but I mean, it just depends on the situation they're in. If they think it's going to help them. I mean, you got to look at it this way, being a knife maker and doing it on your own. There's no one there telling you what to do, how to do it, when to do it. Right. So you're kind of, you're, you kind of have a bunch of jobs because you have to be, you know, social, you Mm -hmm. have to be, you have to promote yourself. You have to advertise, you have to do good work so that people will want it. And you know what, every little mistake or turn you make or decision you make Mm -hmm. is going to affect you. So I don't know what's right for them when they're doing it. That's fair. You know, but a lot of these guys, sure. They're, you know, we knives and all those guys are doing great work, Mm -hmm. you know, but. I I can't really say for what another maker does or why they would want to do it. Sure, that's fair. Yeah, I just, you know, for me, it's there's some makers where, uh, not makers in particular, I I won't say makers or designers specifically, but, like, I've just seen a lot where um, some will do it every now and then, and then some seem like they're cranking out a new one every week. Yeah. And to me, that, I don't know, that's kind of been the differentiator for me, um we were talking about Ray's knives and I, I had a chance to look at the, the mass drop one that he did fit and finish was great. I, I, I think they did a good job on it and the design was awesome, but there have been some mass drop collaborations that I've, I've handled and uh, some wee knives collaborations that I've handled and it's, it's, it's hit or miss. There's some that are really great and some that, you know, I, yeah. I, I don't know if it was a cash grab or what. So no, I just, I, I thought it was interesting. I just wanted to get your, uh, your perspective. Well, I mean a lot of, you know, a, a lot of that too is, um, you know, you have different guys in the community that want different things. Sure. I mean, there's there's guys that like the custom knives and that the makers actually touched and 
you know, did his his work too. And right. then you have the guys that like the, you know, I don't want to say Spiderco guys, but the guys that like that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, it's from that company, and that's what they do. Yeah. You know, custom is just completely different. Yeah. It's got a different feel to it. Absolutely. Uh, after I. I I don't own many customs, but after actually, you know, getting my hands on it and going through that process, yeah, I mean, I can see it is it is night and day. It's different, and it and it's, I think it's a different knife, and I think it's 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 a different preference, and yeah, I don't know. I think once you once you go down that path, and it's hard to like, right? It's hard it to is. turn around, and that's that's it it's, it's it's a gateway. Um, so I don't I don't know if you uh, still do this. I didn't go look. I was looking on your Instagram and I saw that you did some uh, YouTube videos. Yes. So I and I didn't. I stopped there. I just saw the the post on Instagram. I didn't. Uh, I didn't actually go to YouTube and check any of them out. I have it's, to remember what those are about. You know, I I feel like some of them were reviews. I don't know I for think sure. So, yeah. I mean, how long has it been since you did that? Do you remember? Oh, it's been a long time. Long time. Is that yeah. something you'd ever no. have any interest in doing? Absolutely no? not. No? No. <laughs> no overview videos or no. anything like that? No. <laughs> I, actually, I need to go delete those if I can. Right. I don't know if you can. Can you delete stuff off YouTube? <laughs> I think so. I think so. Um, cool. So what... Uh, I know you said you're working on a knife right now and, and you're working on trying to get a name. Do you have any other designs in the works that you want to talk about? I'm always, share? I'm always drawn and, and thinking of new designs. You I know, I mean, it's, it's like pretty much this, the model that I showed you, the mm-hmm. SUG, that was, man, I talked to Colin about that model for at least a year yeah. that I've been wanting to do something like that. So, I mean, it's, it's always there. You're always thinking of new stuff and different. You just, my whole thing is I just want to be unique. I don't want anyone to really, you know, for me to come up with a knife and say, Hey, that looks like this knife. But a lot, listen, a lot of the stuff that goes on in the knife community with these guys saying, you copied me, you did this. We're all copying each other. Oh, for sure. This is, this is what it is. Oh, for sure. You look at any painting, anything that anybody's done, they've been influenced by somebody else, right? Yeah. So... All these knife makers, every one of my knives that I make has been influenced by somebody else. Oh, without it, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think you can learn a craft without, no, uh, you know, imitating whether it's intentional or not. I, I think more times than not, it's it's not even intentional. It's right. just obviously you learn, you know. So I I've played guitar for God, I don't know, like fifteen years now. Um, and I, I'm a I'm a big Stevie Ray Vaughan fan. Yeah, I'll be damned if I don't pick up a guitar and you know just throw down some blues licks because yeah. that's that's and what copy i like Stevie Ray Vaughan, and cop and and sound just <laughs> like him right uh not just like him. I'm not, i don't think i'm that good but uh yeah i mean i i think that that's understandable that's normal that's that's excusable or believable or or expected to some degree i think yeah um so what so we talked about all the models that you've got, what you're working on now. I mean, what one thing that I'm curious about, kind of going back to that that idea of, you know, you and a couple other makers just don't communicate a lot, don't post a ton. Um, I'm curious. This is more just a question for me, but like, how many knives do you make and put out in a year's time? Um, it just depends. It. it 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 depends on what happens, you know. Um, it's like the year before we flooded, mm-hmm. so I mean that put a damper on everything. Sure. And then I've had some stuff going this year. That's kind of you know, the beginning of 
last year. It's already 2019, so I got to think back. I know. So it was a year before we flooded, and then this year, last year, um, I had a few things go on, and uh, it just didn't, you know, didn't happen as much as I wanted to. But I'd say, I'd say roughly. 30 40 that's awesome i mean it's it's again to me i'm just as someone that's again fairly new to the hobby i I mean i've i guess i've been interested in a long time but um someone that's really in the last year or so taking a deep dive it's crazy to see someone take in five years and build up something like that where you can go from having a day job and and just tinkering to you know, I make 30 knives a year and, and yeah. I get to do what I love and I get to meet some of the coolest people and, and you know, work with Luck. all this crazy material. A lot to do with Every, it, no the, doubt. All, all these line, stars have to line up. So you, you mentioned flooding and, and this is something that uh, I don't know that Adam and I talked about this on, on the episode really. But um, for those that don't know, uh, this is all Houston area. That's that's where I am. That's where we are. And so Hurricane Harvey was a, a big deal. Um, and, and a lot of people were affected. And so, um, I know I I just off, uh, off recording, Adam and I had talked about, you know, he had, he had messaged you and you guys had kind of talked about, um, you know, the impact that that had. So, I mean, uh, is that something that you're still dealing with? Are you, are you fully, fully recovered from all that shops? Good. Everything's recovered. Yeah. That's awesome. Everything's been rebuilt. Everything's back to normal, but just to clarify, Hurricane Harvey didn't hit me. Okay. It was, I'm further south. Okay. So I'm down by the water, by the Gulf. So everything that's up here in Houston area has got to go to the Gulf. So a week after Harvey hit and everything flooded in Houston, a week later, I get it. That, you know, and that's crazy because that, so uh, I'm from where you're at originally. That's, I'm, I'm from down, you know, a little bit further south of Houston, a little bit closer to the Gulf. And uh, yeah, I mean, people don't think about that when those, you know, storms hit. It, yeah, everything does have to come down there. So it's, right. it's crazy that yeah, even though it wasn't the hurricane, just indirectly it just threw you for a loop. And I and I know that that impacted the shop and 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 work times and all that stuff. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. you know, which of course that I, I I guess one of the benefits of of being your own boss and a full time maker. I mean, you you can kind of prioritize and work around that. Yeah. And yeah. It's awesome that that. Uh, the shops all back up and I, I I'm just excited to see the new model and and all the stuff that you're cranking out and I I'm, I think it's cool to watch all of that stuff come to uh, come to life so you know I I tried to come up with a bunch more questions and, and everything really just kind of kept coming back around to the work that you do the work that you've done and and kind of what you what you uh, want to do so I guess one of the last questions or, or points, talking points that I had was, um, what what do you hope to see slash do slash make in the next year or so? Like, what do you really what What's the goal? Is just keep making knives? Is there anything, any big uh, uh, point specifically you want to hit? Um, well, I've been wanting to do a slip joint for a long time. Oh God, please, can I get on that list? Yeah, I've been that. I've been wanting to do a slip joint for a long time. And it just it just hasn't happened. It's like the folders come and and you get excited about that and you and you want the new model and it's just like you have to take so much time out mm-hmm. to go and you know work on the spring and you know get all your heat treating right. It's like now I know how to do what I'm doing. Yeah, it's to learn something else in between. To venture out, yeah, yeah, it's different. Okay, so this is this is an interesting segue. So I, I we talked about Adam and I talked about this. Um, kind of the more that I'm I'm into knives and and we've seen this shift 
Blade HQ just posted a video yesterday or the day before with uh, Jared Ozer, who mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen oh, yeah, his, yeah. like incredible work on slip yeah, joints. Yeah, they look nice. Um, they walked through from like the twenty dollar mark all the way up to like the three or four hundred dollar mark, kind of in the production end, and then they showed off some of his. But they were just talking about the more traditional, modern traditional slip joints, and so it's interesting to me that that has become one kind of a trend. Uh, not not that it was ever not a trend, but like slip joints have always been around, but it seems like they're gaining a lot of popularity, at yeah. least from my perspective. Um, so it's interesting to hear a maker want to see, you know, hey, I want to switch gears completely and do a slip joint. So the first person that came to mind when you said that is uh, Tony Nickel, uh, Nickel Knives. Yeah. He went, you know, he, his fixed blades are insane. I've, I've had the chance to own a couple of them and they're, they're always really nice. And the, he started kind of dabbling in slip joints and there's, there's a few others that have done the same. You've got guys like Pena that are putting out some really, really nice knives. So it's interesting that you you say you've wanted to try a slip joint. What's what's kind of pushing you in that direction? Do you know? Is this just something new, a challenge? Or? Smaller's hot. Yeah. You know, smaller's the thing, you know? I mean, even me, I want a smaller knife in my pocket. Yeah. You know, it's just, I think I think that's what happened is is everyone had these, you know, what, two, three years ago, it was these big, huge... Tactical folders. Yeah, man, I want weight in my pocket, you know? <laughs> we we talked about, uh, I had a cleaver phase for a minute, uh, and that, like, yes, uh, yeah. just get rid of those this giant, chunky blades. I think, I think little light is in. I think that's what, what everyone's going to, and, you know, that's what I would carry. Mm-hmm. That's good to hear. So, that's cool. I, I would be excited to see something like that. I think the longer that I collect and, and, and experience different knives, I, I kind of get some preferences. And once I know what I like and how I like it to work, and then I say, well, you know, and to your point, yeah, smaller. Smaller is, is becoming yeah very popular. And so, yeah, I, I could see that 100%. That's awesome. Yeah, slip joint. So anything else, or is the slip joint just kind of back of your mind something you'd want to do no i mean you know i've always thought of a new new way to lock a knife and you know i always think about it i'm not saying that i'm coming up with something new <laughs> right but i've always thought of it i want to try to come up with something of my own a new insane. way to do yeah. it a new way to do it I, i'd love to see something like that i i think that and again this is a this is a spend more time tinkering with knives frame locks right. tried and true and a lot you know i think most of the the custom makers that I see are doing frame locks. Some of them still do liner locks uh, from time to time, but not a lot. Um, but you know, you've got your bench maids, your axis locks, your compression locks. Yeah. Those. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see uh, what you come up with if you if you get to tinkering. I'd I'd like to see what what comes out of that. Very cool. So that's all. I, you know, I don't have anything else. Uh, is there anything you wanted to to say or make a point of or or rant about or talk about? I'm I'm yeah. down for whatever. We can keep this going. Yeah, I, I could go for a couple things. What do you got? Uh, okay, so I was gonna talk earlier about the uh, the production pup. Okay. So uh, right before the flood, I was contacted. I'm not gonna say the company's. That's name. fine. Right before the flood, I was contacted. And said, "Hey, you know, I, you know, I'd like to do a, a pup. Mm-hmm. You know, run five hundred of them, uh, produce them, and get them out there. And, you know, I didn't contact anybody. They contacted me, and I was like, cool, let's do it. You know, wrote up the contract, did everything we needed to do. Um, flooded. You know, I was supposed to send him a model. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was making it. You know, when it flooded, so got back." 
let everything air out a little bit and went and finished the model, hurried up, finished it, yep. and sent it in to him. So he's got it. About three weeks later, he emails me and says, hey, can you call or whatever. So anyway, I got in contact with him and called him on the phone. He said, uh-huh. hey, we can't make this model. And I said, mm-hmm. why not? He says, well, everyone that I sent it off to said it looks just like the uh, Voxnay's pillar. Uh-huh. And I said, you're kidding. No, it looks like the pillar. They won't touch it. You knew what this knife was before you ever contacted me. <laughs> right. So basically, he didn't want to do it. What did you expect? Yeah. Right. He didn't want to do it, and he didn't want to tell me, mm. you know, didn't want to back out of it or whatever. So that kind of put a sour taste in my mouth sure. to the whole production thing. I, I could see that. I mean, that's and that's an interesting perspective that someone that's not on the maker side of it right. could hear. Because you wonder, you wonder why, you know, hey, why I see this guy, he's doing it. Why hasn't this guy done it? I want to, you know. I mean, I, look, when you say production puff and... Uh, I know, so I, I recently got the uh, Slim from Matt Berg, yeah. uh, his his Wii production, and crazy fit and finish, love the knife, um, but he's done some really interesting things with kind of the three different finishes, if you want to call them that, you know, there's the green micarta, the brown micarta, and the, the plain titanium, and then he's even got the Damascus uh, upgrade kits, and, and seeing things like that as a collector or a consumer on my end, I'm like, that's cool. That's, that's what I like to see a little bit of flair and not too out there. Um, so if you were to say, Hey, production pup and and it's going to have this option or that option, I mean, like my eyes light up and I know that there's a ton of followers that would do the same, but that's an interesting perspective to hear about that experience and that process. And, I don't want to liken it to politics, but the politics of right, right. a production run of of knives. I mean, there's there's things that some folks don't think about. So yeah, coming it's from, very com- interesting. Coming from a collector side where I was, and then being a maker, it's it's two different sides. You view everything completely different. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just a lot of things are difficult. There's a lot of things to get, you know, the ball rolling to mm-hmm. to make this happen, and it's it's not a, it's not always easy. Yeah. That's crazy. You want to appeal to the masses, but you know, oh, for it's sure, not yeah. Easy. I think I think you have to strike a balance though between appealing to the masses and and kind of staying true to your designs and and what you are. And I don't know. To me, that just sounds like you said. It sounds, kind of sounds yeah. like a cop out. That's it. I yeah. don't want to do it. Interesting. Well, good story. Anything else? Um, no. It's just for anyone that wants to start making knives. I see a lot of new makers that are getting off into folders and and doing everything i would even fix blades anyone Mm -hmm. that wants to grind anything and put their name on it and say they made it and and sell it for you know any kind of money it's not easy no yeah it's it's not easy if you're going to do it you better be prepared to be disappointed yeah and and you can't quit that's that's the whole thing with me was there were so many disappointments in the beginning and you know it was difficult you know, to, even to this day, I can make a beautiful knife and look at it and love it, but it's still, once I put it in that box and I take it to the post office, uh-huh. it's like all these things go through my head. Is this, is, is the guy that bought it that paid this amount of money for it? Is he going to like it? Yeah. Is the detent too soft? Is the detent too hard? Is it, does he like where the lock's sitting? And I've kind of, I've kind of coined this phrase and I've said it to other people is I call the knife community and custom knives in particular it's the Goldilocks effect. You know, it's like the three bears. Yep. This bed's too soft. This bed's 
you know, too hard. This one's just right. That's what a custom knife is. Yeah. I can make a custom knife to my liking and, and how I would want it to be. But once it gets in the, in, in the owner's hands, you know, who knows what, you know, what they're going to like. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I have seen, I've seen some folks post, not, not about cobalt stuff, but, uh, you know, other, other customs where they're like, man, I'm just disappointed. And, and that's something that I've learned, you know, in just in just buying knives, whether they're custom or higher end production. Yeah. There's some knives that I, I I'm going to love it. This thing's going to be amazing. This is a lifer. And then I get it and it's a little bit of a letdown. And then there's some knives like, you know, the, the knife that comes to mind for me is like a, a small Sabenza. Yeah. Um, never really cared for them ordered one got it loved it i thought it was a great fit and finish it was a great fit for me and i really liked it and then there's some people that will still eh, you know turn their nose up at it yeah. it's not for me and that's fine there is there there's a lot of variation and fortunately there are a ton of makers uh and there's a lot of different styles so right there's some something out there for everyone yeah and i and i like that you say you know there's be prepared to be disappointed yeah i mean i i, I look at trying to think of a knife maker that I have watched um, there's a not a knife maker but I've seen other um, you know whether it's an EDC tool or an opener or, or something to that liking I've seen some people that will make something kind of it almost seems like a hey I'm just doing it because that seems like what the community wants right. and then I watch them struggle um, and then there's some folks that, that crank out a new design and it's just, it sells like hotcakes. And right. so it's, yeah, I think it's a lot of perseverance. It's a lot of, yeah, a lot of disappointment, a lot, um, yeah. but no, I mean, it's, it's cool to see that, you know, even with running into challenges and I mean, to me, I, I hear that story about, you know, a company wanting to do a production run and, and then kind of backing out of it. Like that would be a huge blow to my ego if yeah. that's who I yeah. was, you know? And so to see you run into those challenges and 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 uh, still stick with it and keep cranking out these insane looking knives like it's it's cool it's cool so anybody that's listening that is on the fence about eh, you know i don't know you can't half-ass it right you, you got to go at it 100 percent. but i think once you do it's yeah the payoff is you know it's i i think too that a lot of people think that you know these custom knife makers make a lot of money right and, you know, I mean, there's a lot that goes into, you know, materials and everything that you need. It's it, it's insane what yeah. you have to buy. So that's an interesting point. And I and I I want to say that, number one, for all the people that are listening that are not like knife heads. Um, I don't know if that's even a term that people use. Knife yeah, heads, but whatever. Um, but, you know, I, I look at so Rad Knives, right? His I watch his auctions just I mean, I grab the popcorn like it's the stuff that he puts out is crazy. Yeah. And when I should, you know, I'm the knife guy at work, uh, not that I'm, you know, to any degree, but like I, you know, somebody needs a sharpening or something. I, I get their knives. Um, and they'll come into my office and I'll have, you know, a picture pulled up or something on my desk and they'll look at it. How much is it? You know, and we start talking about price and it, people that don't know are yeah. blown away. And I think, I think two things happen. You, you, the more you're into it, you start to understand what you were saying, where it's, it's material time. Time isn't free. Right. I mean, you know, it, it costs money to spend a day out in the shop, but also the time, what you, when you say time, a knife maker's time, that's the time that he's spending building that knife, but it's the time that he used to learn how to build that yeah. knife. That's the thing is 
all those upsets and, mm-hmm. and all those things that didn't go right and all those, you know, miscalculations and all that waste and trash and, you know, things that you, yeah. that you did to get there to make that knife. That's all part of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's more than just, you know, the, the hundred hours or whatever you put into the knife. Yeah. I mean, it, it it's a buildup. Um, and I, I also think that the more you're in the community or the hobby, the more you kind of justify those things. Yeah. I don't know if that sounds crazy or not, but you know, my, uh, my daily carry for oh God knows how long until I started kind of re I think I carried like a Kershaw for, I don't know, years. I didn't care. It was a $40, yeah, $60 knife and it worked and it did the job. I mean, I worked retail, I opened cardboard boxes. So, uh, you know, it, it, it did the job, but then you start, well, this is a little bit nicer. And as someone that started, and by no means uh, great at it, but you know, like just sharpening knives. Yeah, uh, that's a task, you know. And and you start kind of seeing. I, I had the chance to um, resharpen a, a buddy's. Uh, he had a, I think a pair of three crewware, and just noticing what different steels sharpen better. Right. You know, it's those little tiny things that make a huge difference. Um, and I think that all kind of goes into that idea of. Uh, a premium material custom knife and kind of justifying that, that, yeah, that higher price tag. So I, I don't know. I don't think it's crazy, but I'm sure my wife will listen back to this and oh, roll the, her you, eyes. Hey, the knife, the, the wives never get it. They, they <sighs> never will. Mine never did. She, she never understood what it was about or why you were doing it or why you needed to have it. Yeah. But yeah. of course she needed her shoes. Oh God. And her purses. I, oh, trust me. The, the, the purse go, that's the, that's my, like, She's like, why did you buy another knife? I'm like, you bought a purse. Yeah. You, that purse is expensive. You know, that's my, that's my go-to. Um, cool. Well, I, I appreciate the talk. I appreciate the insight. This has been insanely uh, interesting to me. I was, I was excited to just get to sit down and, and talk gear with, with another person. Um, the fact that it's an insane knife maker. I, you know, I've, 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 I've followed your work for a, a while. Um, and then when I saw you were from kind of the same area, I was like, Pah. you know, like, I think I even remember I messaged you um, when I first found you and I saw where you were based. You're based out of Lake Jackson. I was like that. Yeah. Like I, I worked at the Best Buy in Lake Jackson six years ago or however long ago it was, eight years ago. Like that just, I don't know, small world. And, and, and so it's been insanely entertaining. I love this. Um, I appreciate you coming out uh, and spending, you know, 45 minutes an hour just, oh, just yeah. shooting the breeze. Um, is there anything before we close? Is there anything else you want to you want to say you want to leave off with? Um, no, there's not. There's that's that's pretty much it. Nothing I don't know else I could really say covered a lot today. So yeah. uh, first off, Blaine, I appreciate you coming out and, and chatting with me and, and giving a little bit of insight into Cobalt Customs and what you do and just kind of talking about the community and, and what's been going on. If you've made it this far, I don't know why I always say that at the end, but I feel like, man, about halfway through, some people have got to like, you know, tune it out. Um, but if you're here, uh, a huge thank you to everyone that's listening. Uh, be sure, uh, if you're not already, jump on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, whatever it is, wherever you're listening, uh, and make sure you subscribe. Leave us a rating. Uh, the ratings really help us. And if you leave a review of the podcast, that's super helpful too. Um, where can the folks find you on 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 the interwebs? Um, I had a website and I just shut it down. So, okay. Um, but just um, Cobalt Customs on Instagram. Right on. And then I have a uh, Facebook group. Right on. But you have to be invited to come in there. Ooh. Yeah. 
Invitation only. Uh, so yeah, so definitely give him a follow on Instagram. Um, join the, I don't even know what your follower count is at right now. It's huge. Yeah, I don't um, know what it is. But no, so, okay, one last point. I know I'm totally, I was trying to close it out, but I, this is a, this is an interesting point. Um, you were talking about advertising and doing everything right. One thing I also have to commend you on from someone that's not a maker, but I'm into, I mean, digital media, uh, marketing and all of that stuff. That's kind of what I do at my day job. Um, to see, uh, to your point, you know, earlier when you're talking about working on your own, you said, you know, you have to, you have to do it all. Right. Um, I see these makers with these huge followings and these, these great clients, these great customers that love their work. And it's not just a knife maker putting out really cool stuff. It's someone that's gets kind of gotten it all figured out that can, uh, manage a social media presence and engage and post. And, you know, like, like Colin, I see him posting stuff on his story. Right. Um, and there's some makers that don't do that, but I think the ones that really get the most traction have found that good balance between not only do I have to put out a good product, but I've also got to represent a brand. Right. So not that it's worth anything, but uh, huge, huge props for that. Cause that's, it's an insanely difficult thing to do. So I, I love seeing these these makers with this great following where they're actually engaged and they're, they're you know, they're managing that. So anyways, um, yeah, so that's all I've got. Uh, be sure to subscribe. Uh, definitely check out the next episode. I've got uh, one, two, at least four more makers lined up. So I, th- I think I'm at six right now, still waiting on a response from a couple of folks. Um, but yeah, this is, these are going to kind of be, uh, in between all of the, n- you know, normal, uh, in quotes, uh, episodes with April and myself. So, uh, be sure to subscribe to check them out and check out gtdon.com if you want to read up on any of the other makers that I featured in the original maker series. Uh, right now I'm working on number 10, so you can check out one through nine. Number 10 will be, uh, Casey Lynch and he will be featured probably about a couple weeks like mid-february or so so definitely check that out uh thank you again for listening and have a good one goodbye